Welcome to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. In this program, Marty discusses waterfowl and upland bird hunting, as well as the clay target shooting sports, with some of the top industry leaders and shooting pros from around the world. If you're just starting out or you've been hunting and shooting for years, we'll have wing and clay target news and information that you can use. Now, here is your host, Marty Fisher. And welcome to another great I say great, I'm saying that in advance, but I know it's going to be great because I have one of my very favorite guests on this week. I've got Tom Roster, and Tom Roster, for those of you who know anything about shotgun shell ballistics and reloading and non-toxic shot, and I mean, just on and on and on, Tom Roster is probably the leading ballistics expert for shotgun ammo in the world. I mean, this guy has got a resume. Uh, Quite frankly, if I read it, it would take up the entire show, so I'm not going to do that. And we're going to have time on here in just a a few minutes. Um, I've got to say this. I've I've had enough. Last week I'm doing the show, we've had about two inches of rain and wind blowing like crazy down here in South Georgia. And yesterday and today we've had the same thing. And uh, with that in mind, I'm not that far away from Nashville, Tennessee, and and I certainly want to put my thoughts and prayers out to everybody affected by the tornado outbreak up there. Uh, I go to Nashville quite a bit. It's a beautiful city, great people, and uh, and I know pretty much exactly where uh, where these tornadoes uh, went through uh, east of the city, and um, you know it's just it's just a horrible thing to to, to think about. But um, thoughts and prayers are, are, are to all of those folks that were affected by it. And also, I want to do this too. And uh, <clears throat> you know, I, I always say uh, this is not a political show because it's not, and it's certainly not a um, it's certainly not a personal hygiene show either. But uh, uh, with this coronavirus thing floating around, I just want to remind everybody: look. No reason to panic, but take care of yourself. You know, wash your hands, you know, hand wipes, you know, all of those kind of things. Uh, you know, make make sure you're not giving yourself an opportunity to catch something like this. And, uh, uh, you know, I think in time, uh, you know, we'll get it all squared away and and, um, and and get it under control. But but right now, just, uh, just do a good job of taking care of yourself. Uh, <clears throat> I want to let you know, as always, First segment of the show, I'm getting ready to do our Wing and Clay News segment. First segment brought to you by the Crushable Vault. You know, for most of my adult life, and that's a long time, I've been a traveling hunter, and for years and years and years, every time I put my guns, and I've got nice guns, in the back of my truck, I was afraid somebody was going to somehow take them. Well, I discovered Crushable Vault about a year ago. And, um, you know, that product just totally put my mind at ease from the thought of anybody taking my guns. And here's why. The Crushable Vault looks like a, a really nice piece of luggage. Nobody would ever think that there are gun cases inside of this, uh, of this case. Uh, it's a soft case. It zips up. They're totally made in America. But it's more than luggage. You know, they've got a patented interlocking cable system that lets you not only secure your cases where they can't be opened inside of the, of the soft case, but it also allows you to tie your hard cases to the bed of your truck, the back of your SUV, and the trunk of your car, you know, wherever you might want to put them. And I can promise you, you and only you are going to be able to get those out of there. Uh, so check them out, crushablevault.com. 
That's the website. They've got some really cool things over there. If you see something you like, there's a little promo box there. Type my name in it, Marty, and uh, you'll get an instant 10% off of your purchase. That's crushablevault.com. All right, real quick, uh, what in the world is going on? Okay, <clears throat> let's see. Well, the crazier, just uh, the crazier, the, the, my schedule, uh, that makes me that makes me scary. The schedule gets crazier. Uh, gun club design work is cranking up. I've got a, a great facility I'm building east of Memphis uh, for the University of Tennessee. Uh, Western Tennessee 4-H Youth Education Center is what they're calling it. And I'm going to have the head guy from that uh, that uh, that particular facility on here in a few weeks to talk about what we're doing. And I promise you, it's going to be an impressive place. They're also putting something in in Weirton, West Virginia. That's over east of uh, uh, eastern part of, of of West Virginia, up in that little sliver that goes up between Ohio and, and Pittsburgh. It's really about 20 minutes from the Pittsburgh International Airport. So, another great place, and will be another great, great facility. You know, we've got a busy few weeks coming up. Heck, I'll be at. Uh, at the Bass Pro in Savannah, Georgia, this week, uh, this weekend, March the seventh, I'm going to be hosting four seminars for Bass Pro Turkey Day. Uh, you know, uh, uh, those of you who know me know I'm an avid turkey hunter, in addition to being an avid wing and clay shooter. But uh, your know, turkey season's coming up, so uh, you know I'm uh, I'm I'm doing some seminars there. Uh, next week, I'll be judging a turkey calling contest at, at a regional championship at, and this is an interesting little show, the 53rd Rattlesnake and Wildlife Festival in Claxton, Georgia. Now, a lot of people know Claxton, Georgia because of the Claxton fruitcake, uh, you know, which is, you know, they just sell millions of those things, uh, you know, for the holidays and stuff like that. But but this uh, used to be called the Rattlesnake Roundup, and they, uh, they changed it to Rattlesnake and Wildlife Festival. But... Um, it is it is quite a show and uh, will be a lot of fun. And then after you know the next week, I'll be at the Aiming for a Cure event in Iowa City, Iowa. And we'll be doing some sporting clays, upland bird hunting, raising money for uh, children's cancer research, and uh, that's going to be an awful lot of fun. Uh, real quick, National Sporting Clays Association, they've got some rule changes coming. Boy, this is, uh, you know, a lot of folks don't realize that uh, the rules do change every now and then. Shooters have been asking for this one. Small gauge. You know, when I say small gauge, 20, 20 gauge, 28 gauge, 410, every big sporting clays tournament that National Sporting Clays does has got these events in it. You know, they're, they're uh, you know, separate events from the main event. But, a lot of people are getting the punches to move themselves up in class in these small gauge events. So what what the the delegates have done that uh, that were elected, you know, by the shooters around the country, uh, they have decided that um, they're going to have a a separate classification for small gauge. So it's not going to be individual gauges like the skeet shooters do. You know, if you're a skeet shooter, you've got a class for. 12 gauge, you've got a class for 20, you've got a class for 28, and you've got a class for 410. In sporting clays, it will just be a classification for the 12 gauge and then a classification for small gauge. Now, here's the kicker, and this is something everybody needs to realize. January 1, 2021 is when this is going to take effect. 
everybody is going to be moved down in class for small gauge one classification. So if you're a master class shooter, you will, for small gauge, be a double A shooter. Double A will become A, A will become B, and so on. And uh, you cannot refuse to be moved down in class. That's going to happen automatically, and you've got to work your way out of those classes. So, you know, that... uh, that that's coming up starting in 2021, and I'm sure we'll we'll have some more conversation about it. They've also decided to put in a concurrent legends class, and the legends is going to be people that are 80 years old or older that are still out there shooting clays. Last week, uh, I was at the uh, uh, the Candler Clays event here in Savannah, the 18th annual. That you know they uh, this is a cancer research. Um, uh, charity event also they had 73 corporate teams that showed up to do this thing and made about 200,000 net dollars that, that uh, go to cancer research so it was a really fun event right down the road the Seminole Cup which I'd been talking about for a while they had just under 500 shooters and you know I talked last week about the rain and the wind well they had the brave that wane and rain and wind there were some 30 mile an hour wind gusts and above and the targets were going a little bit crazy but the shooters really prevailed and did a great job had a three-way tie for first Todd Simmons Zach Keenbaum Anthony Matarese two of those guys were national champions they all shot 193s now you know, 193 means those guys missed seven targets, and that's it's hard to do. It's hard to get seven targets from those guys. Todd Simmons actually wound up winning in the shoot-off. Uh, the top junior shooter, Todd Hitch uh, from Maryville, Tennessee. Now, Todd is, you know, the young guy's a junior in high school. This guy shot a 191, so he was only two targets out of the absolute top score out of about 500 shooters. And as happens quite often, the top lady shooter was Desiree Edmonds, uh, who now lives down near me in Savannah, uh, originally from the state of Alaska. So uh, she's made a big change. On the fifth-ass side, Kevin DeMichael shot a 90, and that event was really weather-affected. You know, it depends on when you shot uh, as, to, as to what some of the targets were because, you know, you, they can't go out and change the targets. You know, the wind is going to make them do what they do, and, and you've got what you've got. Um, coming up this week, the Ducks Unlimited uh, Ducks in the Desert Continental Shoot is going on at Clark County Shooting Park right now. You know, last year it was snowing to beat the band out there. Uh, this year the weather's going to be beautiful. They've got uh, around 350 shooters entered in that. Uh, the Blosser Skeet Classic coming up next week in um, in San Antonio at the National Gun Club, uh, Southeast Regional at the South Florida Shooting Club, March 18 to 22. NRA annual meetings coming up in Nashville, and uh, you know that's we're back to Nashville again, uh, 17 to 19 of uh, of April. And, you know, that kind of gets us up to speed on what's going on there. You know, last week also I had a gentleman from Midway USA Foundation on, you know, Scott Reynolds, who's the executive director. Um, They just announced this week uh, that they had had funded 951 youth shooting teams all across the country for $3.4 million in grants that go for you know, all sorts of things, ammo and travel and targets and all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, the Midway USA Foundation is, has donated more than $21 million in cash grants that have been paid out to, to youth 
shooting over the years and um, just what a remarkable remarkable organization so um, hats off to those folks and you know we're going to uh, we're going to we're going to jump in here and bring in my guest before I do that I want to let you know that Tom Roster's first segment is going to be brought to you by Negrini Cases. You know, in my mind, the finest gun cases found anywhere in the world. You know, for more than 35 years, Negrini has been finding, has been building fine gun cases for protection, storage, travel. You've probably got a Negrini case. You don't even know you've got one. They make gun cases for companies like Browning, Beretta, Parazzi, Blosser, Kriegall. So if you've got one of those brands, you've got a Negrini case. Your gun came in it. But they also make a very, very, very nice custom line of cases that you can get outside of that, which, quite frankly, are much, much uh, stiffer and, and stand up to a lot more abuse than, uh, than the case that your gun came in. As strong as aluminum, half the weight. It's got a double wall protection, so your guns are totally safe. Uh, you can get a, a, a custom case for pretty much any gun, any action, any barrel length, and the customization can be anything from just, uh, you know, just the standard to rich, beautiful Italian leather trim to all, you know, rich upholstery on the inside. You name it, uh, they, they can pretty much do it. So check them out, negrinicases.com. You know, if you spend 200 bucks there, and you can, you can do that because the, the custom stuff is really nice. And they've got a little promo box when you check out. Type my name in it. Just put Marty in there, and they will send you a waterproof ammo box that will hold 100 rounds of ammunition, and they'll pay for the shipping. Negrinicases.com. All right. All that being said, we are at the point where I want to really talk some serious shot shell ballistics, and with that introduction, I would like to welcome for the third time Mr. Tom Roster, all the way from out in the far west, where it is three hours behind me, and I'm I'm comfortable that it's probably not pouring rain and nasty like it is here. Tom, welcome to the show, buddy. Thank you. Glad to be here. Hey, listen, I, uh, you know, when I when I called Tom, and 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 when I did that, I was I was a little bit. Um, uh, I had actually had another gentleman that was scheduled to be on the show, and and uh, he had a last minute. Uh, schedule change, and I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to get in touch with somebody, and I wanted to have, I was going to have Tom on again, he's been on three times, or two times, this is the third time, and so I just out of the clear blue, I called Tom, and, and uh, you know, and oh yeah, I'm, I'm good to go, and and then he sends me a message that says, look, I've got to be out scouting speckle-bellied geese, because I, now, Tom, you've, you've still got a few days to shoot specks you know, out there in Oregon, right? Yeah, until the 10th of March. Oh, so so I, <laughs> and he says so. So from two thirty to uh, to about four of my time, I'm going to be out doing that. And I said, Oh, wait a minute now. He needs to be talking to me about that <laughs> since we're doing a live show. And so anyway, we got it squared away. And I have I have totally interrupted Tom's uh, uh, scouting trip for the speckle belly geese. But uh, uh, but ho- hopefully you're going to be able to um, to find where they are and, and get on them before the before the season goes out. I hope so. I hope so. Well. I'm sure you will. So listen, you know, when we've, we've talked in the past, uh, you know, I mean, we've just had great conversations with just, honestly, a huge amount of information. And I, and I did have a guy <clears throat> that sent me a, a message uh, 
It said, you know, I, I don't know if Tom's talked about this, and, and quite frankly, we, we have talked about it a little bit, but today, we're gonna, you know, we're, I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, shot shell loading, because a lot of guys are, are still loading ammo and stuff like that, but but just, this is something that I did, I, I did want to address again, because this is so important, because so many people, whether they're loading ammo, and this, you know, they've got to decide, you know, what, what am I loading? You know, how, you know, how much velocity, how much, how much shot, you know, how much powder, you know, all of that stuff. So uh, this gentleman, his name happens to be Tom also. He goes, uh, goes by bird shooter or bird hunter on the, uh, uh, on the, the shotgun world uh, page. And uh, so he says, so I'd like to hear Tom's opinion about the popularity of using high velocity loads for clay shooting. You know, we talked about that one time, one ounce, 1,300 feet per second velocity or great. That seems to be the craze. Well, he's, he's pretty much right. That's what a lot of guys are trying to do. A lot of the top guys are doing that. Now they, they've got these high-velocity loads. So here's, here's his question. Can the average person truly tell the difference in lead from, say, 1150, maybe 1175 feet per second and a 1300 feet per second load on a target that might require lead as if it were a let's say 40 yard crosser, okay? That target obviously does take some lead. And does that added velocity at distance really have an advantage overall? You know, does that does it really make a difference? You know, he said, I read Tom's article, speed does speed kill, but that was mainly, or main, you know, per, mainly pertaining to field loads and hunting and not clays. So, Tom, the floor is yours, buddy. I mean, I, I want to hear this again, too, because this is this is a great piece of information. Okay, are we uh, talking lead shot or uh, uh, Yes, what? right now we're talking lead. That's, that's, oh, still, the, okay. that's still the norm, uh, you know, across the country with one, lim- one exception that we will talk about in a few minutes. <laughs> yeah, that's a big one. Uh, yes, it is. Okay, well... They mainly, uh, here's the deal. Once you get to about 1,200 foot seconds with lead, let's say they're eights or seven and a halves, um, making them go 100 foot seconds faster uh, is not really helping anything as far as your leads go, unless you're uh, shooting at 20 yards or 30 yards, because what's happening is the velocity that was at the muzzle there it's actually three feet in front of it, but that's okay. The mm-hmm. velocity that was nearly at the muzzle is dropping off extremely rapidly, and by the time you get to 40 yards, it's uh, so the 1,300-foot-second the load would be so much like the 1,200-foot-second load that you haven't gained anything in pellet energy anymore, and, and your lead difference might be an inch. <laughs> You know, or mm-hmm. two inches, and no human can um, compensate for a two-inch lead difference. So, um, what I have found over time from testing thousands of shooters, literally, and my uh, when I would do steel shot shooting clinics, and we would also shoot lead and so forth, and I did this all over the world uh, for about twenty years, is some people, a lot of people, actually, a lot of shooters. There's a velocity level they find, plus or minus 50 foot-seconds about, Mm 
Mm-hmm. that works for them. They don't know why. I don't know why. I think only God knows why. And if they shoot their lead ammo within that 50 plus or minus 50 foot seconds, they shoot slightly better scores than they do outside of that range. Mm-hmm. So I think what you have to do is you have to take lead ammo as a clay target shooter and figure out what distance distances are most relevant to where you're going to break the clay target. You want to go out there and measure it or stand sideways to it or something to get an accurate idea. Mm-hmm. And then shoot ammo from 1150, then 1200, then 1250, then 1300. And if you want to go to 1350, that's fine. Um, do that, not all on the same day, and keep track of your scores for that same clay target event, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and see if you can find a velocity range there that you're doing better than the other ones. And then, you know, maybe repeat the experiment again. And once you do that, you found what works for you in your gun. And uh, my recommendation is don't mess with it once you find it. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> well, you know, it, uh, there, there's no shortage of tinkerers in the uh, in the shooting world, Tom. I mean, that's, <laughs> we 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 are all uh, we, we all get sucked into that, and, and and my gosh, with the social media these days, it may, we've all been made worse uh, because you know everybody everybody's got an idea, everybody's got a plan, everybody's got something different. And, yep. and but what you just said makes a lot of sense because, uh, you know, if you go there, so okay, let me find out which one of these things am I most comfortable with. Now, why would you mess with that when you find out what that is? You know, is my crazy question. But uh, but a lot of them do that. So I'll tell you the answer to that is why would you mess with it? It's because then they become like golfers. And <laughs> golfers are the biggest suckers in the world for all the gimmicks that come down. Uh, Get this club head, you'll hit better. Uh, get this one, you'll hit straighter. Uh, you know, get this wedge, it's better in the sand. And there's all this stuff constantly being made and hyped to these guys. And the bottom line is, it isn't going to be the club that's going to improve their scores. It's going to be their practice right. that improves their <laughs> yes. scores, not some new gimmick piece of equipment. So that's what happens in shot shells, too, as somebody starts making a you know a fat really faster load and then then for a little bit that's a fad for a while and then uh, then a lot of people go away from it the main reason they go away from the faster and faster loads uh, some of them won't admit it but the smart ones do is because of the bloody recoil mm-hmm. that's what really goes up with those higher velocity loads is the recoil and especially as these shooters get older as they get to their 50s and older they become more recoil sensitive, and that recoil is really eroding your scores way more than you realize. Yeah, and you know, and I and I, I, I talk to a lot of shooters, and I have guys that tell me consistently, okay, and, and I mean consistently, that oh, I don't feel recoil. Oh, I, you know, I don't, I don't feel that. Well, you know what, Tom? I, I, yes, they do. I mean, <laughs> I, I got to laugh yes, right they there. They don't feel it, well, but you can prove it to them. And the, the best proof is, of course, uh, to be loading their gun for them where they can't see what you're doing 
mm-hmm. and then you uh, you load the gun and you hand it to them and they shoot and you load the gun and, and they can't see and then you leave a shell out every once in a while and then when they pull the trigger boom they're shoving that shoulder way forward mm-hmm. oh yeah but I don't flinch yeah <laughs> no it's uh, you know I, I, I mean I, I, I see it a lot and and really uh, and that's why you know uh, if if you're a trap shooter you know, and 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 there aren't many trap shooters that haven't gone through or through a, a a flinch issue at some point especially as they start backing up towards that 27 yard line and and the reason for that is they're just going with heavy and heavier and heavier loads you know at least in terms of velocity uh you know they're all shooting the ounce and an eight stuff but you know when they get back to that 27 i mean they're they're i mean they're, they're shooting some real thumpers boy and uh yeah, but you know and, and it's, it's just it's just proven you know consistently now i yeah. i want to change i want to change here real quick. We've got we've got about four minutes till we need to take a network break, and I and I really want to talk about this. Uh, okay. You and I spoke earlier about this. You know, state of California, and this 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 could could potentially affect us across the country down the road. I mean, you 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 never know, but the state of California ha- is putting in a, a new law that totally outlaws lead shot. Outlaw it for everything. I mean, you can't use it. For, you, you, you couldn't use it for, for birds and, and waterfowl. They'd already taken care of that. But now you can't, they, you can't use lead shot for clay pigeons either. So that means now you've got to go to non-toxic, which is going to be, my, my gut feeling, it's going to be steel because that's going to be the, the most reasonable of all of it. Now, in a, in a previous show, you talked about the effectiveness of steel target loads, and I think you said, you know, number six is. Now, I don't know what they're going to mandate as the largest shot size you can use for clay pigeons, but, you know, if we're going by the two-shot or the two-size deal with uh, with that, the sixes would probably be okay. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about that. You've done a lot of, of steel testing, so uh, what are these guys got to worry about? Nothing. I have nothing kind of to worry that. about. They just <laughs> have to educate themselves as to what are the uh, the substitute steel loads to get the job done that they're used to their lead loads getting done. Mm-hmm. And uh, the six steel, first of all, the legal, as far as NSSA and NSCA, they've already made the six steel legal. Okay. Uh, a six steel does not carry any further than an eight lead. So mm-hmm. no six steel is going to escape the uh, safety fan of a skeet or a trap range. Uh, I don't know what safety fans you have on clay. Uh, you know, well, they, they tell you they tell you nine hundred feet, but, but we all know they're not going nine hundred. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I know. Um, so the most effective pellet I've ever seen shot at clay targets. I'm going to say how I saw that. I've seen hundreds of thousands, not making that up, rounds of number six steel fired by Joe Hunters, who went through my steel shot workshops all over the world, the U.S., Canada, several countries in Europe, down in Australia, from 1980 to 2012. And I kept scoring all these guys, and they would shoot six steel, seven steel, seven and a half lead in these uh, deals. And the six steel, when you got to uh, 40 yards or beyond, the six steel tended to be always break, with, with good shooters anyway, 
better scores than they were getting with their seven and a half lead. So mm-hmm. it's a non-deformable, harder than heck pellet that just really smacks that hard clay target and really breaks it better than a mushy. I'm exaggerating now. A mushy seven and a half that will deform more when it hits the clay target rather than punch on through it. So there's nothing to fear about breaking the clay targets. You just got to get the right size. Another seven steel works good also, mm-hmm. particularly in the smaller bores where you don't have as much room. And you got to get the right velocity, and then you got to learn to adjust to that velocity and uh, have the right choke. You got to learn that, and then you're off and running. Well, I, you know, and, and and honestly, it just sounds to me like, uh, you know, time in the saddle for everybody, you know, and, and uh, trying to figure out, okay, how does my gun pattern this particular shell and all of that kind of stuff. And uh, and I think, you know, I, I've shot a lot of steel target loads in my lifetime and, and uh, at, at clays. And honestly and truthfully, I, you know, I've had equal success if if not greater success shooting them with them with lead so you know we're we're fine there i'll tell you what tom we're up on a break <clears throat> a network break when we come back i want to really get in we said we're going to talk some about reloading and you are a reloading expert we're going to talk a little bit about that folks stay tuned wing and clay nation will be right back after these messages with tom roster <laughs> The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com Are you ready for a broad look at everything to do with the world of sports? If so, tune in to the Mike Abadir Show. It's a unique perspective to the connections between sports and business. Host Mike Abadir has negotiated numerous deals in the NFL. Along with co-host Gino Bacola, Mike will bring his expertise, discussion, and some terrific guests to the airwaves. Listen live for the Mike Abadir Show every Thursday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. 
tuned into Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. If you have a question or comment about the show, we're here via email, wingandclayradio at gmail.com. That's wingandclayradio at gmail.com. Now, let's get back to this week's show. And back we are and having a vibrant conversation with uh, my good buddy Tom Roster all the way across the country. And then we're going to get back to Tom here in just a moment. But hey, if you're a social media guy, wingandclayradio.com. That's the website for the show. I'd love for you to go there. If you're a Facebook fanatic, as many are, facebook.com slash wingandclayradio. On Twitter, twitter.com slash wingclaynation. And on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Wing and Clay Radio. I'll let you know this uh, upcoming segment of the show, and we're getting ready to talk some serious reloading and uh, some other things about shot shells with Tom. But if you know if you're listening to this show, pretty good chance you've got a hunting dog, and I hope he's a good one. Remember this name, Dogtra. You know, for 30 years, Dogtra has been setting the standard for e-collar training technology. And this allows you to unleash your dog's potential in the very, very best way. So whether you've got a retrieving dog, a pointing dog, a flushing dog, a tracking dog, my gosh, there are all sorts of different types of dogs. And Dogtra has all sorts of different training aids for those dogs. You can bet Dogtra has got the right product to help your dog be the very, very best that he or she can be. So do me a favor, dogtra.com. Go take a look, see what they've got there. They've got some great tools, and I promise you they've got something that will help your dog be the best he can be. Find something in there you like. Now, this is really important. If you spend 200 bucks and if you buy one of those collars or something like that, you're going to, you get 10% off if you just in the little promo code box at checkout, type in WING10, W-I-N-G-10, and you'll get an instant 10% off of your purchase. Dogtra.com. Go give those folks a look. All right, let me get back to Tom Roster. Tom, you know, we were talking, we were talking about California, and California is, you know, they always do the crazy things before anybody else. But, uh, you know, there have been uh, there have been some conversation over the years, uh, you know, what would happen if we ever had to to go to steel shot for clay target loads? And, you know, and everybody says, oh, my God, if I've got to do that, steel steel loads are just unbelievably expensive. All right. So a lot of guys like to reload. Now, reloading steel, you know, is, you know, could be a little bit quirky if you don't do it exactly right. So let's talk about that. You, you've you've had a lot of experience with that, Tom. So let's talk a little bit about steel shot reloading, whether it be for clays or even for waterfowl. Okay. Well, uh, there's just nothing but good news there. Uh, things have advanced quite a bit since the people's initial fears. So the first thing is this. Uh, if you're going to load steel shot, uh, I say that because that's the least expensive non-toxic pellet to shoot at a clay target or a little bird is a steel 6 or a steel 7. And they're not going to cost you hardly but a couple pennies more a pound than lead would. So lead has gotten way more expensive since people's early fears, and steel shot has gotten cheaper since uh-huh. people's early early fears. And as far as the factories go, they actually doesn't cost them as much right now to load steel shot as it does to load lead. 
So when you load your uh, reload, you're going to find the same thing. It's about a horse apiece right now for cost. Uh, so that's the good news. The, um, the other good news is that, say, Mac, the, the world's uh, biggest seller of reloading tools, and then would be Ponsonus Warren, they've set up their tools to handle steel shot. Initially, it was hard to get the bar to go across because it was just a solid hunk of metal in the bar. And now they've learned, in fact, my, my research assistants figured this out for them, to put a, uh, rubber, a rubber insert next to the shot cavity, and that allows the shot to compress into that little rubber thing, and then the bar goes across slick, just as, as it does with lead. And you can, So you can load steel on either a progressive press, which is basically uh, one pull of the handle, you get a loaded shell, or on a single-stage tool, one, uh, several pulls of the handle to get a loaded shell. You can load both shot types, no sweat. You can sh- load uh, Bismuth shot if you want to. You can actually load all the shot types that are out there anymore. You can reload yourself. Mm-hmm. The nice thing about the reloading is you can load the load the way you want it. Maybe you've got a factory loader that's going, uh, for you, a crazy velocity 1,500 foot seconds or something, uh, you like the amount of shot in it, but you don't like the velocity, well, you don't have to put up with that when you reload. You can, you can find the recipes and get your recipe that gets you down to 1,300 foot seconds or whatever you're happy with. That's the nice thing about reloading is you can custom tune those loads to what you want, how much shot you want in the shell, and how fast you want it to go. And nowadays, also, last thing to know on steel would be you got to have a wad that protects your barrel. Mm-hmm. So there are all kinds of uh, 12-gauge steel shot wads you can buy for reloading, different ones. There's uh, a couple of different 20-gauge ones you can buy. When you get down to 28 and 410, there's really only one steel shot wad you can get and at this time and one 410, and the 410 has got to fit a 3-inch shell. Uh-huh. So um, that's the way the manufacturers also are loading is in 410 steel loads or 3-inch loads only. But they load 28, 20, and 12-gauge. So you can do it in all those gauges, whereas before you were stuck with just 12. Right. Well, that, and that is and that is great news because, you know, that, that that's the direction we're heading in. I mean, I, 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 I hate to say it, but, you know, because a lot of a lot of the old-time guys, you know, like me, <laughs> you know, are going to look at that and say, oh, crap, you know, I, I, I don't know if it's going to be worth it for me to do that, but, but it will be. I mean, uh, oh, yeah. you know, as I say, I've, I've, shot, I've shot all of the different gauges in, in steel and, and shot them with great success. So I, I really... I really and truly cannot see a, a a big difference at all. I mean, and you know, the, the the targets break just as hard, if not harder. So, you know, that's a, that's really the good news. Now, you know, you have um, over the years, not not just for clay stuff, but you have really developed the non toxic uh, shot, uh, you know, reloading type deal for waterfowl more than anything else and i've got a lot of you know not just clay target shooters that listen to the show a lot of these guys are are waterfowl hunters and tom you know i want you to talk about this real real quick here you have uh, i have it in front of me tom roster's 2016 okay that's a few years ago now non-toxic shot lethality 
table. Now, this thing has got so much information on it. But I talk a little bit about about that and what that entails and what because it says you got tested velocities, 1225 uh, feet seconds up to 1700. So here we go again, buddy. Talk about the lethality Uh, table. I did that just to make you happy. <laughs> so, so I, I did, I'm just kidding. So I didn't leave anything out, okay? And um, so what the lethality table is, is during my career from about the late 70s to uh, actually a little later than 2012, I was involved in a series of uh, steel versus lead uh, shooting tests and then heavy shot also uh, shooting tests on waterfall in which, again, not me doing the shooting, but Joe Hunters would volunteer and go into these experiments. They were run in various places across the country, and um, some of them were federal federal law tests that were paid for. Others were state finance tests, and um, then they would uh, they would participate in a double blind experiment. They knew there were lead and steel in, in the test, but they didn't know which load was which. They were unmarked shells. They were accompanied by an observer who did not know what the shells were either, and they were passed out these shells, and they could shoot their gun any choke they wanted to. We just had to record what it was. And then the, uh, the observer was trained to use a laser rangefinder to measure the distances of their shots. And to make a long story short, you're talking again about hundreds of thousands of rounds fired in all these tests and several tens of thousands of Joe Hunters who did the shooting. And so what my table is, is all of the, each of these studies was published as a peer-reviewed scientific report. Uh, you, some of them were done before the Internet, but you can still find them now. And some were done after the Internet, like the latest one was a, uh, one we did in Texas on mm-hmm. doves. And you can find that on the Internet. Anyway, um, so I took the results of all these tests. Everybody would say, well, you stand up here and you've got to talk for a half an hour to explain each test. Well, let's just summarize. Can we summarize what you found out in each test and put it in some kind of table? Uh-huh. And I, I thought about that. And I thought, well, yeah, that's a pretty good idea. I'll, I'll do that. So that's what my lethality table is. And it takes you from large geese at long range to over-decoys, to medium geese, they'd be like your specks and your snows, long-range and over-decoys, and then your big ducks, mallards, pintails, golden-eye, gadwall, long-range, and then over-decoys, medium ducks, widgeons, scop, shovelers, uh, then small ducks, teal, bufflehead, then ring-neck pheasants, we did that test, turkeys, your favorite, more mm-hmm. oh, yeah. doves, bobwhite quail, and... Um, that's that's the species that are uh, covered in the table, and then you uh, read it from left to right, and you pick the species there and the distance that's most relevant to you. That's the next column. It says, "Well, here's what I mean by long range on large geese. You're shooting at 50 to 65 yards. You know, we're not encouraging anybody to do this. I'm just a scientist. I just say if that's what you want to do, here's what I know on the test." Mm-hmm. Then we, I found, then I list what the most effective steel pellet was in all the necropsies and X-rays we did of the one-shot kills that these guys made in these tests. And uh, then w- the most effective were steel triple Bs and Ts, and in heavy shot they were twos 
and B. Then you keep reading, reading to the right. It tells you what the minimum charge weight has to be to have an effective pattern. The next one tells you from the necropsies how many pellet strikes had to occur on the lethal area, the brain, the cervical vertebrae in the neck, the heart and the lungs, to have a bird dead within 30 seconds. And that was one to two. And then what was the pattern count minimum, that's the next column to the right, that I got to have from whatever choke I pick. So that if I put that pattern on that bird at whatever distance I'm shooting, that one to two pellet strikes will end up on that lethal area of the bird. And that turned out to be 50 to 55 pellets. And then the last column just says, well, here's a suggestion, uh, because there's all these chokes out there. You, you want to start with improved modified uh, chokes, what somebody would call improved modified, and uh, full. Somewhere in there you're going to find those pattern, those pellet sizes the best for that long-range shooting. So that would be mm -hmm. just one example. Wow. I mean, and, and you know, when I look at, the, you know, I've got this thing run off and it's right here in front of me. As it, and as you were explaining that and going across the uh, the columns there, I mean, there, there's so much information there and it makes absolutely so much sense. And, and, and you know, I want to I want to take a moment and, and, and kind of move over and talk a little bit about the if we were doing if we were potentially doing this for the for the clay target side first of all i do want to i, I want to thank another one of my great show sponsors and and uh, this fits right into uh, right into tom's conversation here and hey guys you know most of the hunting seasons are coming to a close you know even mr roster's speckle belly season's only got a couple of more days but you know what that's not the case at etowah valley game preserve in dawsonville georgia that's just north of atlanta and it's uh, just a beautiful, beautiful piece of property. Uh, they've got hundreds and hundreds of acres of manicured upland bird habitat. It has plenty of time to go to Etowah Valley Game Preserve. They, you know, we've still got a few more weeks in the season, and then they're going to have some programs that will will get you in early next year with some uh, with some great rates uh, they can they can tell you all about they've got a really popular clays and feathers package you can shoot 50 clays in the morning 50 sporting clays uh you'll have lunch with your guide uh, before you head out to the field you can just tell them what you want to hunt and they'll take care of that quail pheasants chuckers you name it uh best news of all if you've got your own hunting dog and a lot of people do you can actually bring your dog to Etowah Valley Game Preserve. You know, not many places will let you bring your own dog. Uh, this this particular facility will. So do me a favor, check them out, etowahvalleygamepreserve.com. I think you'll find they're wonderful people, and it's a beautiful place. And if you're ever in the metro Atlanta area and you want to go shoot some birds, they've, all, they've got everything. They've got dogs. They've got guns. They've got it all. And that'd be a great way to go spend spend the day. They've also got Etowah Valley Sporting Clays in case the bird season is over, and you can go shoot some clays there as well. EtowahValleyGamePreserve.com. All right, Tom, back to you, buddy. We've got a few minutes to go left in the in the show, and I am, um, <clears throat> you know, we're talking a little bit earlier about reloading steel. What about reloading lead for for the clay guys? You know that's a, uh, you know I I I mean I I go on some of these talk groups and it's almost a fight, you know where some of these guys are, you know they they sit there and argue with one another over you know what seems to me to be really trivial little things that don't matter much, but I guess in their mind it does matter. So let's talk about that. Let's let's talk about 
loading lead and uh, you know and, and, and what they should be looking for. Well, see, that's the thing. Uh, if you were talking to rifle guys, serious rifle shooters, uh, target shooters for score or whatever, they're not buying factory loads. <laughs> okay, oh. they're not shooting factory loads. They're hand loading all of their ammunition. They're putting stuff together and then going to the range and testing it. And they're going to get the smallest bloody group they can develop with their gun and uh, the condition it's in uh, for whatever uh, whatever reason, either for score or for the size of the uh, the animal they're trying to take. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm not knocking factory loads. I'm just saying the factories can't possibly adapt to all these variables of guns and so forth. But you can as a reloader. That's your big advantage in life is to custom-make loads that work best for you and your gun. Nothing's better than that. Mm-hmm. So these guys, they, they have opinions. Uh, some of them never tested their opinions, but a lot of them have. They've gone out and shot a lot of clay targets, sure. and they mm-hmm. found stuff that worked for them, a velocity level that worked. These older guys, you'll be surprised how many of them will tell you, yeah, you know, if I got a 1200 or 1250, I can shoot really well, but... If it's, if it's less than that, I don't do as well. Uh, you can say it's psychological, but, hey, that's what he believes. Mm-hmm. And he's probably got a good reason for it. So he can then load that load to that velocity level and a shot charge weight he wants and a shot size that he finds will get the job done uh, breaking his clays. Um, so there's every advantage to reloading it. Now, it used to be if you reloaded your lead, you could save a lot of money. Uh, nowadays, because lead shot, remember, has increased in, in uh-huh. expense. So it's like $2 a pound now. That's how much steel shot costs, $2, about $2 a pound. Uh-huh. That's why I say they're about a horse apiece for expense. Sure. Uh, it used to be when guys reloaded like mad, you're talking $12 for a 25-pound bag of shot. Mm-hmm. Now that 25-pound bag of shot is pushing on 50 bucks. Wow. So the economy is not so much there anymore, but the bloody ability to custom make your load uh, for your chokes and gun, that's the value of it. Um, the other value of it is you'll learn stuff you never, you never thought you would learn by loading your own ammunition. And finally, what's killed that reloading Besides the lead, not kill, it's not, it's not dead by any means, but the reloading of target loads has fallen off. The reloading of hunting loads is expanding all the time mm-hmm. uh, in SHOT Show. Uh, the target load got knocked off more and more besides the rise in price of lead shot by all of these import shells that came over here and still are uh, from Europe uh, and England. Mm-hmm. So I told you, I think once, as we sit here, there's 17, one, seven, 17 companies trying to sell shotgun shells, including the Americans, in our country. Mm-hmm. Back, in, back in 1978, uh, there were three. Right. Well, and that, yeah, that's it. Now, and you know, in, the, in, the, in a, previous, a prior show, we talked about. <laughs> Why you know why is there a difference in the price? And a lot of that has to do with the animony. and that you know right. they, I mean so they got to cut costs. Yeah, so they've lowered the animony uh, hugely in a lot of the target loads, and in um, 
hunting loads also, that was one way to save money, and now they, they have all steel heads on their uh, plastic hulls. You know, it's got a fakey uh, brass coating, and then their primer's got all kinds of steel in it now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't believe this, just put a magnet up against any of them. So that was a way. Uh, the wads are getting a little bit wimpier, you know, and um, that's the only way they can compete is to cut overhead costs in loading their ammo. That's why the ammo and lead has degenerated, and that's another reason these guys are reloading. Mm -hmm. They buy high antimony lead. A lot of them are smart enough to know how to test it to figure out if it's high or low antimony, and they load high antimony for their long-range shooting, and they they load the medium and low antimony for closer-range shooting. Uh, that's something you got to do anymore if you're a lead shot shooter. Well, yeah, and they, and you know, and, and they, you know, now the, some of the companies, they, you know, Winchester, is, you know, have come out with the with the new double uh, A diamond load that's, uh, you know, uh, uh, copper plated, eight percent antimony. I mean, obviously, that's going to be a more expensive shell, and but you know, and quite frankly, it should it should, you know, on the face of it, perform better. Now the shooter's got to oh, make yeah. it perform, but. Yep. You know, uh, that, yeah, that, got, that should help. All the qualities now, hey, to perform well, that 8% is the mm-hmm. most important thing. That copper plate uh, really is kind of just marketing, okay? Right. But that 8% is really cr- really good, mm-hmm. and but you're going to pay for it. Sure. Okay? There's no sure. way you, you definitely are. Now, hey, Tom, we're about to run out of time. Now, let you know, I know that you you have a, a service that you know you can talk to people and and uh, uh, you know and and it's it's not always free, but uh, you do a lot of uh, uh, shot show load menus and things like that. Tell people how they can get in touch with Tom Rosser with with questions or, uh, or or some help. Okay, two ways. Call me on the phone five four one. Eight eight four two nine seven four. That's in the state of Oregon. Otherwise, email me, Tom Roster. One word: T O M R O S T E R at Charter C H A R T E R dot net. And your your listeners. Every time I do a show, they're always sending me emails. Oh, yeah, so, and they will be, buddy, and they and will be. Hey, we're, we're just smooth <laughs> out of time, Tom. Thank you so much, buddy, and I'll have you on again. We've got more things we can talk about. <laughs> Folks, get in okay, touch thanks. with Tom Roster. I promise you he is a great source of information. And thank all of you for, for listening this week. Wing and Clay Radio will be back next week. Have fun. Take somebody hunting. Be safe, and good luck. Thank you for listening to Marty Fisher's Wing and Clay Nation. Please join Marty again next Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Until next week's show, think safety first and good shooting.